0: Welcome to the Gutsy Ladies Podcast. I'm your host, Bella Reynolds, and I'm a life coach on a mission to support midlife women to live their next chapters with ease, with clarity, and with confidence, to become a gutsy lady. A gutsy lady doesn't fade or shy away, and she doesn't use midlife as an excuse to live a life less fulfilled. She thinks, if not now, when? Until now, the story of midlife hasn't supported this vision for our lives, and it's time to talk about it. In this podcast, I share insights from my personal experience, as well as thoughts and lessons from thousands of hours of coaching. If you want to live your best life and are ready to do the work, then you are in the right place. Let's get started. Well, we're going to have a little bit of fun with today's episode, and um, I'm pretty sure you would have thought that when you saw the title about being, you know, related to um, Thelma and Louise and the movie Thelma and Louise. Um, and I I've, I've thought about doing this episode because there's so many midlife women I work with, and from my own experience as well, that there are days where I absolutely felt wouldn't it be fabulous to take a girlfriend, get in a car and just go and disappear from life? And um, of course, we know we can't go and do that. Um, But it just those feelings and how strong they can get sometimes. I just thought, why not have a little episode to chat with you all about, really, this whole episode is about emotional management skills and um I want to share with you the number one emotional management skill that every single client I work with starts to use pretty much from day one. And it's just a total game changer. And to be fair, if Thelma and Louise actually had a little bit of life coaching advice, um, least of all, they actually knew this, this emotional management skill. They um, the The ending to their film would have been a lot of bit different. But I'm jumping ahead here. I just wanted to let you know that while I'm going to talk about the movie Thelma and Louise, I'm definitely going to draw it back into how your life as a gliding midlifer can be improved and draw some parallels with some of the stuff that went on for the beautiful Thelma and Louise. Okay. Before I dive in then, I think it would be really prudent to just share the outline of the movie Thelma and Louise that I'm talking about if you haven't seen it. And if you're 55 years of age like me and you haven't seen it, well, go and do yourself a favour, as Molly would say. So, look, in summary, it was um, a film released in 1991. It it is, well, it's deemed to be an iconic feminist road movie. and That's actually quite interesting given how the whole Me Too movement has moved in the last couple of years, but I'm digressing a little bit. So there are two characters. There's Thelma, who is married to a fairly controlling brute, and there is Louise. And she is a waitress in a busy Dana, and she has the musician boyfriend who sort of pops up along the road everywhere. They basically have a gutful of their day-to-day life, and they want to go out and have an adventure which I think relates very much to any midlife woman. So they basically jump into a 1966 Ford Thunderbird convertible and they go away for a weekend. And if only that's where it ended. (laughs) Well, for them, I should say, not for us. I'm I'm going to do a spoiler alert here because I am taking you right through to the end of the film only so that then I can draw parallels of how their life could be different. But these two beautiful women um, go out and start an adventure and then as, you know, what could possibly go wrong when two women get in a convertible and are so hepped up about the life that they're living and how they want it to change. Um, They find themselves in a bar and basically Louise, who is the waitress, and she's a bit more feistier one, She is the one who actually kills a man who is attempting to rape the beautiful Thelma, and Thelma was probably the more downtrodden, beaten soul of the two of them. So basically from that point they make a decision that they can really only flee to Mexico. Throughout this movie we get the beautiful glimpses of the lovely Brad Pitt, and um, I'm sure every midlife woman would know to have what it feels like to get those glimpses. But again, I digress. And sadly, through twists and turns and lots of emotional turmoil, these two women end up choosing or believing that their only choice is to drive over a cliff and end their lives because they can't front the world with what has happened. And that is a really, really short synopsis on what I remember being a terrifically uh, fun, sad roller coaster film. And it, back when watched it, I mean, this is just before I got married, when I think about it, back before then, it was sort of seen as a very feminist film because these two women took control of their life and actually went and ended their life. Well, my Lord, 30 years later, (laughs) and with a little bit of life coaching, those two women could have still had that adventure, had the mishap, and we could still have them coming into their 90s and 100 years of age. But no, 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 no. Hollywood is not set up to have a happy ending like that. Um, So I'm not even going to go down where that would go. But the reason I wanted to bring it up and relate to um, Thelma Louise is that when those two women get in that convertible, there is that absolute relief for them that they could escape from the lives that they had, the boredom, the abuse, and the the absolute yuck boringness of their day-to-day lives, as well as the fact that they were in a stage in their life where, um I'm not sure if you relate them in their 50s, but they certainly were in their 40s, these women, and were trying to escape. And because these two women didn't have emotional management skills, because Hollywood would let them in the screenplay, their whole world got turned upside down, every twist and turn they took to the ultimate eventuality that they Really felt they only had one choice, and that was to end their lives. They saw that was the power, the only powerful choice they had. And I'd be devastated if any beautiful midlife women out there, particularly gutsy ladies, would see that as the only choice that they would have. And so I'm going to talk a lot about emotional management today. And you will, I'm actually going to say this to you that I am deliberately not saying emotional intelligence. And through the thousands of hours of coaching, I've had a number of clients ask me, why do I not say emotional intelligence versus emotional management? And I think it, for me, the terminology around emotional intelligence has a weight. And that's because when we put intelligence in front of anything, if you don't feel you've got then, then the opposite to intelligence is dumb. And I don't see people who are making unintelligent decisions through and with their emotions as dumb. They are simply not empowered. They are simply not practiced. They are not in the know of how to operate with their emotions. So I, I see it. I really truly see it that these emotional management um, techniques that we develop through with our clients through life coaching, but also this one I'm going to share in a minute, these are just skills that um, gratefully I know younger little humans are coming through the ranks now and they're being taught these skills through the parenting and through the education system. But I can say at 55 years of age, hand on heart, this was not language or skills that were developed in my um, parenting or my conditioning growing up. I've had to learn this stuff. And and so if you're listening to this and this is piquing your interest, then please stay on to learn what this number one um, skill is. Because as I said before, when you know it and when you bring it into practice and it's so simple, not easy, simple to bring into practice, when you do, oh, man. Life just gets easier. Okay. So, what do I mean by emotional management? I view emotional management as the ability to not just manage the emotions that you are feeling, it's to firstly become aware and feel the emotions that you're feeling, name them, be able to sit with them, be able to understand where the emotions are coming from. And And being able to know all of that and then be able to manage and choose to move forward once you've embraced what these emotions are. So when we talk about emotions, um, when I'm mainly dealing with clients, it's actually helped them to manage negative emotions. But let's talk about the whole spectrum of emotions. The positive emotions that we can feel are things like love and joy and excitement and happiness, and they're really light and fun and loving emotions. They all stem from love. The negative emotions that we can often feel all stem from fear, but we may not know that at the beginning. They are anger and hatred and resentment and frustration and sadness and just Emotions that make us feel heavier. The love based emotions that I said, joy and happiness, they make us feel lighter. And if this is all new to you, I'd really encourage you to really listen to the whole end of this episode and start to really notice what you're feeling. Because the thing is, we are all thinking, feeling, and acting machines wrapped up in a nervous system so first we think then we feel then we act now things can our actions can happen in such lightning bolt quick processes that we often don't realize that there has been a thought that has even preceded the emotion let alone that's all gone on before we act so if you take nothing else away of today Take that away, knowing that before we act, and if you're finding yourselves acting in irrational ways, being um feeling that you're out of control, and you know, people are saying, Oh, if only you could control your emotions, or, or if only you could control your anger management for one thing, then realize that before you've even felt what You're feeling before before you act. You've felt something, and before you've actually felt something, you've actually thought something. But because they happen in such lightning speed moments, that again, this number one emotional management habit I'm just about to share is so fundamental because it will slow you down enough that you can start to feel, and hear, and know what you're thinking. And that's where the power is. That's where all of the power is in an emotional management. Absolutely owning well, first becoming aware and knowing the emotions that you are experiencing in a day-to-day um, world and then starting to manage them. Now, the opposite of this is suppression. So it is very common To for me to work with midlife people who have got in really practiced ways of suppressing their emotions. Now, they think that they could be calling this controlling their emotions, but that's not what it's about. It's not about controlling it and it's not about suppressing it because the weird piece is that, or the beautiful piece of our biology is, our emotions are there as a dashboard. We have these beautiful emotions in our um, bike in our well, it's led with our biochemistry, but it's it's part of our biology, and we have these emotions as a dashboard. So when you suppress those emotions, good and bad, your negative, sorry, negative and positive, when you suppress them, you're suppressing your dashboard. And a dashboard, like any dashboard in any um, machine, like the one in your car, if you ignore or suppress any lights that come on your dashboard, where does it lead you? It leads you <laughs> in a really unhelpful direction, <laughs> even a full stop, or you could be out on the highway and your car break down with pileups behind you. It Suppressing and ignoring our emotions is life not just half lived it's missing the point because these emotions are not bad these emotions are necessary for us to live a full human experience and when you realize that and when you can start to take advantage of this part of your biology you really do become a much more effective, efficient, productive, happy, (laughs) is that not what we're looking for, contented, peaceful human because you're starting to really embrace all of the parts of your biology. It's not about exorcising or removing negative or um, unhelpful emotions out of our being because that's missing the point. The reasons we have these emotions is to give us warnings and red flags and, as I said, dashboards, red lights, that things are not tracking as we would want. And so it's for us to recognize that and slow down and stop and address them. So that is, in essence, what this number one habit is. When I work with clients and they have come and they've worked out what their real goal is, they've worked out the habits that they want to bring into their life, and my beautiful midlife women, they've made that decision that they want to start gliding more in life and, um, you know, acting on a plan that they decide and start to glide and feel happier in their day-to-day choices, it is all about this. And this habit is called pause reflect, and respond. So I'll give you an example. I'll actually bring in a context with Thelma and Louise. So in the storyline with Thelma and Louise, um, Louise kills this bad guy and they flee to Mexico. And so then we have lots of episodes where they're starting to come to terms with the fact that they've killed a man. And then what are they going to do about that? And how is it going to be? how is it going to be received? and then of course, the police coming after them and then there's you know, there's a whole series of things. They are in what I call habit robot mode. They are literally in fight and flight mode. And so their fear, the fear of getting fought, the fear of being a bad person, the fear around being judged for what they had, the fear that people would not believe them, and the fear that would, no one would believe that Thelma was being raped, that's why they protect themselves. All those fears are driving their actions. And so because of that, they make the ultimate saddest choice on the planet, and that is to leave it. Whereas if these women, and I know Hollywood would not like this, so no, just give me some slack with this, right? But if these wom- women, as they were starting to hype themselves up and did this um, fight and flight mode, if they'd only had the ability to just say, oh, remember that life coach she taught us, we really, if if we just, let's just sit here for a little bit. Let's just take some quiet time. Let's just engage with our breath. Let's just stop for a minute. Let's take another breath. Let's really just analyze and see what is going on here. Let's see in this reflection space, what are all the choices we have? Yes, number one choice is to keep fleeing. Number two is to try and find Brad Pitt because he was pretty cute. Number three is we could ring this person and get some help. Number four, we could engage a lawyer. How about we did that? Number five, we could ring the media and tell them the story. I'm making things up, right? But the minute you pause and take that time out to reflect, You take your mind out of habit mode, out of basal ganglia mode, out of all of that being driven by those negative emotions, and you bring yourself back into the present. And by purely doing that, you bring in your executive function, your prefrontal cortex, and you can start to make choices. So remember, we're just in the reflection stage here. Because the final piece is is then we respond rather than react. So, in that reflection phase, we get to look at what all our choices are. We take the breaths, we bring ourselves into our parasympathetic nervous system, which is the rest and digest mode. So, we're out of fight and flight. The minute we pause and we bring ourselves into choice mode, we're getting ourselves out of fight and flight and we're bringing ourselves into parasympathetic rest and digest. We can honestly and biologically think clearer. When we're in fight and flight, we're in dumb mode. We are on autopilot. So in this rest phase and reflection phase, we start to make our choices and then we respond. Then we choose to take the next step. Or most importantly for a lot of us with a lot of high emotional fuel in the early days, we respond by not doing anything. We watch. And we wait. And what's really cool is when I work with clients who have this as one of their number one areas they want to start to work in. It's really interesting when they've been someone who's been in high reaction phase. You know, they'll just, you know, go off at the top of a hat, or they'll, um, or they they'll spend a lot of time ruminating after they've, you know, reacted um, unhelpfully. The humans around them really start to notice some changes in their behaviour quite quickly. And the the other really lovely thing about humans, humans love to mirror. So if you're in quite a high volatile state a lot of the time and the environment around you can be quite volatile, when you become the person who knows how to pause and reflect and then respond, you can bring that energy to the whole environment you're working in. And it can happen really quite quickly. As I said, this is simple, not necessarily easy. And the reason it's not easy to begin with is that you've been in autopilot mode. You've been in um, what I say, habit robot mode. But but don't, that is not a reason not to play with this. It is amazing how quickly when a human starts to bring in pause. Reflect and respond, and they start to gather the benefits from that, and being more um, in control of their emotions, and most importantly, they're so aware of their emotions that they get ahead of their emotions, and oftentimes, it requires a non-action. It's just sitting with a little bit longer, watching how things play out, and. And and that whole state is a more grounded, calm, efficient, gentle, kind state to be in. And that would have helped <laughs> Thelma and Noise no end as they were leading into the crescendo of the movie. Because it it, it really is so sad when you consider that those women had got into such a state around a an incident one incident that had occurred in a very short space of time and it led to them making the choice to go over the cliff and in that final scene it everything slows down as you can imagine Hollywood would would do it um and you know for them they felt an element of liberation but we don't see that end result as usual and of course as they were leaping to their end, these beautiful women would have had all those horrible other emotions come through with it. So so just to sort of recap what this has really been about is getting you to, I hope, start to see how important it is that um emotional management skills come into your life. Because It's often when we are in grinding mode, when we're finding ourselves, finding life is pretty hard, it's because we are on autopilot and we are feeling we don't have choice and we're not in control. And if you um, repeat that time after time, decade after decade, I think that's why it can come to a really potent mix in our midlife because we've got these accumulated experiences of being in fight and flight my fight and flight mode, and go, 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 not pausing, reflecting, responding. And then we hit midlife where we have this added pressure or we feel, to be fair, we feel like this added pressure that time is running out. So if you're in autopilot mode a lot and then someone adds that pressure to your mindset, you are going to go into overdrive. And that is exactly what these beautiful women did in the movie. They went into overdrive. They did not think straight. And so if that is how you're feeling at the moment, that is why you could think of nothing more lovely than to just disappear like Thelma and Louise and just drive off into the sunset. Then the final thing I would really love you to consider as part of this introduction to um, emotional management is the concept of self-care because Thelma and Louise had it half right. Thelma and Louise had recognised that they'd had a gutful of their day-to-day existence. They wanted out. They wanted to just disappear for a weekend and go away. Great. The series of things that happened beyond them and all their poor management, um, emotional management skills with that, that is what the movie is made of. But they had it half right. And this is, again, why self-care or choosing to do something for yourself, whether it's something as quite big as disappearing for a weekend, or whether it's something as simple as making sure that every single day you take some time out for yourself whether it's five minutes or a couple of hours, I don't care, whatever is available to you. Just make sure that you realize that this is fundamental to your well being. Self care is an important piece of developing emotional management skills because when we get into the self care mode and we check in, we are bringing in feelings that feel good can be something as simple as watering your plants, something as simple as going down and going for a walk on the beach, something as simple as um, writing a little entry in your journal, something as simple as cooking, choosing to cook for someone, but taking that time out for yourself because self-care is not selfish. And that self-care equals selfish. That equation has been the ruin of many, a woman, let alone a midlife woman. And so my gutsy ladies absolutely learn very quickly that two important practices and techniques to bring in their daily life, to take them from grinding to gliding, is number one, to bring in the pause, reflect and respond in your day-to-day existence. And number two is to see self-care as not selfish, to see self-care as not negotiable because, as you know, the analogy with regards to getting on an aeroplane and they're showing you that you know, if we start to plummet out of the sky, they ask you to put the oxygen mask on yourself first before you put it on an infant. And that's for no other reason than you cannot be any value to anyone else unless you're looking after yourself first. And that's what self-care is. And a self-care habit is to bring in emotional management skills such as pause, reflect, and respond. So just The final piece here about self-care, it doesn't have to be grandiose. It doesn't have to be I book myself in for a spa treatment every week and that's self-care. If you can and that's something you desire to do, absolutely. If you choose at the moment that's not available to you, don't therefore not choose self-care. Find a space, come into that space, shut off all distractions, shut off you know, create this beautiful environment. Create an environment in your home, at least one space where it is yours and you protect it, and it is a space where you can go and just be you. Um, feel into how you're feeling. It's why practices like meditation are so high on mental, you know, good mental health practices. But just because you may not find meditation. Um, particularly easy then just see the exercise of meditation which is simply to go and sit and come into the present and focus on your breathing and notice your mind just see that as one of the most beautiful pausing reflecting and respond processes it's just the beginnings just taking yourself out and just taking some time for yourself So just to finish up, Thelma and Louise, as I said, they got it half right. They chose, and I I do still see Thelma and Louise as gutsy ladies. They are gutsy ladies of 30 years ago who didn't know what they didn't know. They did the best with what they had. But gratefully today we know we have so many other choices available to us. And I hope that you've been able to take out of this episode The choice to start to recognise and name your emotions, being able to sit with them and then being able to choose to respond in situations exactly as you want, not because you're on autopilot, not because you should, not because you you feel you have no other choice because the power for every human is in choice. That, that's where all our power sits. And so our power doesn't sit in auto habit robot mode. It only sits in that mode once we've chosen the habits we want. So our power sits in being able to make choices and we can only make choices when we're in that beautiful executive function mode. And that means we've paused, we're able to reflect, see what all our choices are and then respond. And then we get to move through life, I promise you, with a lot more joy, a lot more ease, a lot more clarity, and a lot, a lot more confidence, because we've gone within to find our answers, and we feel so much more resourced. So I'm hoping this has given you some insights to some ways in which you can feel more powerful. And I really, as usual, look forward to hearing any feedback on what this has done for you. And uh, namaste to the beautiful Thelma and Louise. They taught us lots in that movie. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Gutsy Ladies Podcast. Have you joined my free habit reinvention challenge? If not, why not? Go to bellareynolds.com au forward slash habits in seven days you'll know how to make over your health wealth and relationships sounds good see you there